0: Good afternoon, everyone. We want to welcome you to the Ag Market Network Cotton Teleconference. Uh, this program is brought to you by BASF. As you know, they are the owners of FiberMax and Stoneville Cotton Seed, and we very much appreciate everything they do to make this possible for you. Um, today, we are being led uh, by Dr. John Robinson, and he'll be joined by Gerald Nieper. We've got uh, OA is not. I don't think will be joining us today. He's got something he's having to do, and Kilp is out of pocket, so it, they'll. We've got a smaller group than usual. But John, thanks for joining us uh, as our leader and giving us your thoughts on this report.
1: All right, and and it would be well. It's this report, but it's multiple reports. We have double duty because this is the all important May Wazi. So we've got old crop updated balance sheets and new crop numbers to look at with uh, uh, potentially a lot of compare and contrasting that can be done. So I'm going to begin with the old crop world numbers and how they changed relative to last month's april WASDE and the main adjustments you know as as late as it is or it's late as it's getting in the marketing year you know we wouldn't expect to see a whole lot of large adjustments and we didn't the main ones were in a handful of countries uh, beginning with the biggest change was in central asia compared to april usda has them up a half a million bales in production and fewer exports which bumps their ending stocks to almost 900,000 bales higher I didn't find the usual commentary that's there to explain those sorts of things, so I'll leave it up to Gerald to explain that one. But uh, <laughs> then the second, the second biggest change was in, was in the U.S., and I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But uh, U.S. ending stocks, old crop, were 600,000 bales fewer for various reasons. And then there were some changes in Aust- Australia, was 200,000 bales fewer because of an increase in their exports, and Brazil was sort of the opposite. Two hundred fifty thousand bales more because of a reduction in their exports, and finally China was um, China saw a little higher production, but a little even more higher, fewer imports, so they saw a, a two hundred fifty thousand bale cut to, to their ending stocks, and that would that would explain most of the adjustments that I noticed in the old crop world numbers. So let's focus a little bit on the old crop U.S. situation because we've been talking about that. For a good while now, and had developed some expectations about uh, what what might happen with the the 22 crop numbers. Um, and so the first thing that I noticed there was a there was an adjustment in harvested acres, um, 130,000 fewer harvested acres, which in turn raised the abandonment number from 45 point something percent to 46.9. So I'm I'm assuming that's a record, a new record, high of national average abandonment. They also raised the average yield in there slightly, but uh, the net effect on the crop was cutting it a little over 200,000 bales, which was expected because we've been waiting for a while to square uh, USDA's estimate of crop production which had been at 14.68 for three or four months to square it with bales classed and bales ginned which would which both implied about 200,000 fewer As so they did that reconciliation here they cut U.S. old crop production 210,000 bales which is a bullish thing but it was highly expected so it was probably already already baked in um also, something that was sort of being watched for happened. U.S. exports were raised. Uh, old crop exports were raised, 400,000 bales, and I would have to say that was done. To, you know, I was expecting it to account for the historically high percentage we had of total commitments to USDA's export target. It was total commitments was like 108 percent of um, of the export forecast. So, having raised the export forecast. It's now only, if I did calculate it right, it's only 105% of it. So maybe they'll raise it again, or maybe we'll have cancellations, or one way or the other, those two will eventually square. But they took a step in the right direction. Anyway, all these adjustments, cutting the crop size, raising exports, tightened up the old old crop carryout, uh, dropped 600,000 bales from 4.1 million to 3.5. And the futures market, last time I looked, appeared to like that, as it, as I would think it would. All right, so now that's that's the end of the old crop adjustments compared to the April WASD. Now we've got new crop numbers, uh, the the first estimates of them in a WASD format, but we can compare them to what USDA was thinking at their outlook form a few months ago. I guess it was February. So looking at the new crop world numbers. A, a, a few things kind of stood out to me a little. First of all, the the, uh, the new crop numbers that they put out today were a little bit more bullish, at least on the demand side. They were a little more bullish looking than what USDA was thinking a few months ago. Uh, they were more bullish in that they, they forecasted almost 700,000 bales, m- well, they forecasted almost 700,000 bales more of world production, but they forecasted 730,000 bales more of world consumption than they, than they did in February. Again, this is, this is new crop consumption. they they bumped that up, uh, thinking more optimistically one way or the other, they bumped that up and they also bumped up the trade categories by about 350,000 bales each. Um, now there was a, there was also an increase in uh, beginning stocks to the new crop world balance sheet uh, on the order of three and a half million, and that carried all the way through to the to the ending stocks the new crop ending stocks. Um, but um, the 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 new level of projected ending stocks is ninety two point two eight million bales. Which, if you make a year-over-year comparison of projected ending stocks now at 92.28 million compared to the current marketing year, the 92-93 marketing year, that's a slight, just a very slight tightening, 350,000 bales tighter. But you know, better to be better to be a little tighter than than adding to it. So I, I wouldn't, I'd call that mostly neutral. But it's at least, uh, like I say, not adding to it. And the last thing to focus on then would be the new crop U.S. Uh, projections, and I'll compare them to what USDA was publishing and thinking at their Outlook Forum a few months ago. Um, the, the first most obvious and expected change was we, we've had the prospective plantings number since the Outlook Forum, so they they use their prospective plantings number. Which to do that they raised what they were thinking before uh, by three uh, three hundred and sixty thousand bales, and then they raised their abandonment guesstimate, uh, which uh, the, the the net effect was they uh, a net reduction in harvested acres in what they were thinking in February compared to compared to now. They they're assuming fewer harvested acres. The implied abandonment is higher, obviously, then. In February, it was a little over 18%. And now, what they published in the May WASD implies an abandonment of 22.6%, which maybe that means that USDA hadn't had time to ponder the impact of the rainy pattern that's set in and the rains that have been received over the driest areas of, of Texas and the southern plains, or... Either they haven't pondered it or maybe they're discounting it. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know, you know, what their – whether people have told them. But uh, regardless, they're they're assuming more abandonment now than they were in February for what it's worth. Um, The carry-in was a little lower in the May wasd compared to what they were thinking previously. Uh, The year-over-year domestic use was lower by 100,000 bales. And the exports let me be clear about this. The exports they're assuming for the new crop are higher than what they're assuming for the old crop, but the exports that they're assuming for the new crop are were a little bit lower now than they were the new crop estimates were for exports in February. I hope I didn't muddle that up too much. They've lowered it by about 300,000 bales, but they're still expecting 13-point-something million bales of exports, new crop, compared to 12-point-something in the old. So they're forecasting a a better-looking year, year over year, is the way to say that. So I hope that wasn't too confusing with too many comparisons, but Pat, I'll turn it back over to you, and we'll see if we can uh, clarify any questions or raise any other points.
0: All right, Gerald, give us your thoughts. <clears throat> Gerald?
1: We can't afford to lose commentators.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gerald, are you with us? Okay. Uh, well, hey, sorry.
2: Okay I was um, just asking. It, it was on it, I was off the screen I was off the uh the phone and somebody started calling me and I was trying to get back to the phone to unmute myself I couldn't do that but uh uh John my first qu- I just got a quick question I didn't see an, an a new acreage estimate for for
1: 23 Did, uh, was there
2: one put out
1: uh or are you talking? Oh, com- I guess compared- I guess you
2: were I guess you were comparing plantings with with their initial estimate of planting. Yeah,
1: I was I was I was oh, making
2: okay.
1: a yeah a, a Wazdi new crop WASDI compared to Outlook Forum. If that's what you're asking.
2: The, the um, okay, you know I think uh, they went
1: they had ten point nine ten point nine million planted in the Outlook Forum and eleven point
2: three right 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 whatever right, it was. Okay. The um, no, a lot of numbers, a lot of changes. I guess bottom line is, you know, I don't. It doesn't look like twenty three is going to be a lot different than twenty two. I mean, ending stocks are yeah. virtually the same. You know, yeah. um, I, I think you could have questions about this year's production, world production. I think the uh, the Indian crop needs to come down. I mean, even India has lowered their crop estimates. You know, a million bales plus below USDA right now, uh, and that that came out yesterday. And, and uh, there's an article out uh, this week uh, on the Sourcing Journal. They were quoting Harry Townsend, former uh, executive director of the uh, of the ICAC, and uh, he was telling them that he could state with virtual arithmetic certainty that the crop is. <laughs> that the crop is not only smaller, but it's a lot smaller. And if he was a betting man, he would put the crop under under 20 million bales. Um, and, of course, USDA is at 24.5. Uh, so, you know, some other estimates out there are smaller, probably anything ranging from 21 to 23 million. So I think USDA has got some room to come down on the Indian crop. Uh, there's a... I guess a widespread belief out there that growers are just hanging on to their cotton all year long waiting for higher prices. And maybe that's true, but, uh, um, you know, eventually somebody, somebody's got to eat, somebody's got to pay the bank back. So I, I doubt if, it's, if, if that's the entire, you know, uh, reason for that. But uh, at any rate, when you look at next year's production and consumption, one thing I found interesting, I kept thinking, did I do something wrong? When you add up China, Pakistan, India, and the United States production, 73.8, consumption, 73.8, so <laughs> it
1: looks
2: like it looks like the U.S. It, it looks like the big four are uh, uh, in perfect balance for this next year going forward, um, which just means that you know if anybody starts having crop problems, or things start getting a lot better economically and and China uh, consumes a lot more and India consumes a lot more, you know, things could get interesting. So uh, um, I thought it was generally a a friendly report, Um, not overly friendly. Uh, You know, obviously the market didn't agree with me. Well, it did momentarily momentarily <laughs> yeah as we ran up to what eighty one seventy six or something ran right into uh into moving average uh difficulty and then it 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 backed off a little bit but uh i think uh um i, I think overall this uh the the report was was friendly yeah
0: you' you're you're right the market did for about ten or fifteen minutes seem to like it. And then it's and then it started coming back off. Although I'm looking at a settlement, July settled up 91 at 80.93 with a high of 81.76, and December settled up 55 at 80.15. It had gotten up to 81.32, so it had it had fallen back off about 100 points, 100 uh, and 120 points in July. So that's that's kind of that i mean i i don't know if anybody wants to touch this or anybody's got any thoughts on it but I mean, we tr- we we seem to be so sensitive in all these markets uh to macroeconomic influences and the latest report that comes out economic report that comes out uh, uh anybody want to and, and by the way i'll read something O A sent us that might touch on that kind of his thoughts but does anybody do y'all have any thoughts on that or as far as as far as that goes are we going to be uh, are we in a recession are we going into a recession what, what do you think we the market could ha- could have in store for it in the future
1: yeah. well, well i was listening to bloomberg all morning and, and you know got the typical uh, uh differences of opinion that you'll get in a, in a business media show i mean I don't I uh, the recession question I I don't know the um you know right now the concern seems to be with you know the ramifications of the politics of the uh debt uh, deal the debt limits and what that might do and just the jitters that that's creating uh you know I don't know what to say about any of that to be honest it gets it gets attributed to to the market movements, to the ag market movements. It's every, every day, I, you know, I see references to well, traders are worried about X, Y, and Z, and it's you know the possibility of recession or the jitters about the the debt ceiling, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Yeah, I, John, I think uh, um, I, I would agree with you. I mean, I don't think the market is horribly worried about it, unless you're looking at the the pricing of those. U.S. credit default swaps, those things are still through the roof, so somebody's making a big bet that something might happen there, or at least they're worried. But I, I think, uh, I, I think they'll get their heads together and, and come back and, and, uh, and, and agree to, to, uh, raise the debt ceiling. I just don't like this hostage taking that takes place, you know, uh, every time. Um, or it's seemingly like like every time, um, the uh, uh, if you if you want to have budget fights, that's one thing. But you know, hey, you've already spent this money. You got to pay for it. You know, um, the uh, and, and it would not be good for the U.S. to go into any kind of a of a default situation. Um, we still haven't regained our AAA rating after the financial crisis of 2008, and this isn't going to help things in any at all. But uh, having said all that, I mean the the unemployment rate is, is so strong right now. I don't know how you can have 3.4 percent unemployment and be in a recession. So. <laughs> I mean, that's just unbelievable. Now, unemployment is starting to cool off a little bit. I mean, there was a slight uptick in, in uh, you know, jobless claims. But, uh, um, you know, I you you are going to have to slow something down to, to, to get uh, inflation down. And you know what? Uh, I don't want to – there's been quite a few articles out about how companies – they just started using that pandemic as, a, as an excuse to start raising prices on everything to try to get, to get their to increase their gross margins on stuff. So, you know, and maybe at some point, you know, if the Fed raises interest rates enough, you know, somebody will say, well, geez, I, I've raised my prices and, and, uh, um, and now I'm selling less and less and less. I guess I'm going to have to start reducing my prices, um, I, I just don't have a good answer for it when, when companies are raising prices when they don't need to. They're just they're just using, you know, some, the inflation as a as an excuse to just raise
1: prices willy nilly. Um, one other thing. Go ahead. One other, sorry. One other thing that's maybe just different than before. You know, we're, we're trained to think. I'm trained to think. You know, recession declining cut consumption, you know, and declining retail sales. Uh, but I've I've read a few articles focusing on the issue of, well, it's it consumer behavior. Maybe we're saving more. Was, that was the point of the articles. We're saving more out of caution, we being households, uh, which, which may be a bit of a change. Um, it's kind of Divorcing us from the normal relationship of economic growth and and cotton consumption. Well, people, if if they're just kind of in a cautionary saving pattern, and that's a new a new and different kind of pattern, you know, we had we have to account for that in our projections of the of the impact of how the economy is doing on on cotton consumption particularly.
2: John, you know, uh, I'm not sure who's all saving because you look at credit card debt. <laughs> it's had a record but Is i guess it? if everybody's, okay. yeah but if i guess if everybody's working they can afford to pay their credit card debt off um and and maybe that's the thing maybe when maybe if banks start having to take a bigger whack you know set aside a larger and larger percentage of their uh, loan reserves you know against you know potential credit card uh defaults then then maybe that's the signal that we're in a recession but i don't know that we're there just yet and, uh, of course the regional bank, the regional bank problem continues to be, a uh, you know, an issue. And, uh, but I think it's just, uh, I think Owe mentioned a little note in his uh, commentary that that seems to be limited to the, to the Western banks, that the Federal Reserve of San, uh, San Francisco is the, uh, uh, probably the weakest in terms of, you know, regulatory oversight of, of the smaller banks, um, and so that's really a, a regional bank problem that's limited here to, to the far west. Um, so I would say no, that we're not in a recession. Could we go into a mild one? I, I guess we could. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just, we just, we need to slow something down so that, uh, you know, consumer prices uh, give, give somebody a break. That's for darn sure.
0: Well, you, you mentioned something O.A. said, and, and I, let, let me just kind of go over what he sent this, his opinion. Um, and part of it, he'll get into his price thoughts on price. So then we'll we'll move on into to you guys and what your thoughts are. Here's what O.A. says: says Please express my thoughts that I am more optimistic prices. While we remain in, remain in a supply driven market, I like the July up to eighty three cents. Now with a a wild-quickie run possibly to 87 to 88. New crop uh, may be up toward 85 to 86 as we wait for the West Texas moisture. I do not see demand improving, so sales will have to be uh, low 80s to 85. Uh, General economic conditions remain very poor with inflation of 5% staying around for several, several months. And then he talks about the immigration problem uh, keeping inflation at the current five percent, and probably seeing one or two more Fed rate hikes. So that's just always thoughts. I thought I would pass that on. Uh, you, what are you? What are your? We'll start with you, John. What are your guys? What are your thoughts on prices and what we might expect?
1: Well, you know, I'll start off by saying this: it it doesn't take much. It wouldn't take much to get futures market to the mid to upper eight, I mean, it's not very far if if something was to unfold. Every, every forecast I've heard or a few I've made uh, where my upper end was 88, which is probably what I said last time we had a discussion of it. Uh, it's not really going out that far on a limb to to think you know a couple limit up days a couple of you know so a bad development with the production this year you know bullish and bearish things could happen that could push this thing up I would think pretty easily so i i'm gonna say yeah new crop um, eighty five down to down to seventy nine and did I say new crop? I meant old crop. And the new crop could, you know, if I could, I could dream of a few things that would, uh, for a while, shove us up to, to the upper 80s, to 88 or so, you know, hypothetically. So, was there was that a forecast? Anyway, 79 to to 88 would be my range for new crop, and 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 old crop would be would be narrower still, probably not that much above 85 or 86.
0: Okay. Gerald, what are your thoughts?
2: Well, I, I guess, you know, the the bottom end of the, the market on new crop would uh, depend on, you know, how good the weather turns in, in West Texas. Um, and, you know, everybody gets, you know, rains in West Texas and it, it always costs us a few points in the market. But uh, the um, – For for now, I think John's right. I think 78, 79 cents on the low end for both July and the December contract and, you know, 85 to 87 cents on on the upper end. Um, Even though it's rain, even though you might get rain in West Texas, and John, you may have an opinion on this, guys in the coastal bend now are getting too much rain. Um, And I don't know how that's going to impact the crop down there, but... uh, you um, can have this, just ask Pakistan last year what happened to them when they got too much rain, but of course that was a flooding issue. John, are you hearing thing anything uh, you know real negative so far? In, I, in the I haven't, but
1: I, I I haven't, but in a, just in the last three or four days it's rained like hell from Houston down, just heavy, it's just this this unusually wet moist. The moisture floating in and floating over so that yeah they, they could be in need of you know i'm drying out and start building heat units Uh they could they could be losing stuff to damping off and there were there were things just emerging the last drive i took down there was three weeks ago and there, there was cotton just just emerging i mean everything looked good and green and feed grains were lush um but yeah and they, they can you can have too much of it for sure and the other side of so, what you're saying, in, in, the, in the Plains, it's good that they've had the rains they've had, but, you know, they're going to need to be carried along. Will that happen? I have no idea. You know, at, at this stage, they would need to be carried from, from emergence to plant development, on and on. And I, you know, we just don't know if that will happen or not. All
0: right. Any, any final thoughts? All right. Well, uh, let's uh, wrap it up. We want to thank our listeners to, for joining us today. Special thanks to BASF for making our program sponsor uh, our program possible as our sponsor, and also thanks specifically John for leading us and Gerald. Uh, and that concludes this edition of the Ag Market.